friend. Welcome to Plays Well with Others, a podcast for creative community to discuss everything from the sensitive to the silly, but most importantly, to explore play. Come play with us. I'm your podcast host and wiggly dancer, lover of ducks and hats, Alex B. Arnapol. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome to week two, our second podcast for Plays Well With Others. If you joined us last week for our very first episode, welcome back. If this is your first time playing with us, joining us for Plays Well With Others, we are delighted to have you in our community. If this is your first time joining us, no problem. This episode stands on its own. But if you want to go back and see what we talked about last time, I would encourage you to check out our very first episode, Forever Young. Trust me, it's worth it. We talk about amphibians and play and my history as a creative. So feel free to jump back in time and listen to that one as well. say, when I got to see the podcast live and in action, I was filled with such a a deep sense of gratitude for this amazing community, for everyone that has supported me, and for the power of storytelling. Because that's something, like I mentioned last week, is so important to me, is being able to tell our stories, to tell our truths, to really share our authenticity. There's also definitely some sort of weird Enneagram 3 energy happening here because I put it out there and as a previous performer, I mean, I guess still performer, just, you know, haven't been on the stage in a long time. It cracks me up because I'm constantly wondering, did anybody hear this? Are you hearing this right now? Because if you're not familiar with Enneagram 3s, we are the Tinkerbells of life. We are essentially clap for us or we'll die. So I'm not saying clap for me, tell me what a good job I did or anything of the ilk, but wow, what an interesting experience to put something into the ether and know that you are receiving it on your own time in your own space. But that brings me back to one of the many principles that we use as a guiding force at Rec Center, which is the idea of slower, softer, simpler. So this is a way of just slowing down and learning another way of moving through the world of storytelling, of creation. What does it look like to tell a story or create something and allow other people to experience it in their own time? We're not used to that, right? I'm not used to that. I'm used to getting on stage and having people clap for me and say, wow, what a good job you did. How interesting to take a step back and being able to say, I really hope you like this. And if you don't, that's okay. I'm just going to leave it out there in the universe for you. 
So I suppose this is my way of saying, I give this to the universe. I give this to you. This podcast is my gift to you, to my community, to my friends. But if you like it, if you're excited about it, let us know. Rate us, follow us, share us. The more that we can connect with other members of our community, the more we can share this message of play and joy and being able to lean into our individual authenticity. So help someone else by sharing this information, maybe sending it to a friend or a loved one that needed a little bit of this today. Now, before we get too far in, before we dive into the deep zone, let's stay in the shallow zone for a moment. Let's kind of get our get our sea legs, so to speak, and a couple of announcements from Rec Center and from myself. First of all, I realized that last week I didn't even explain to you what Rec Center was. I will definitely do that this week in case you're not familiar with us already. But some cool things coming up from Rec Center. We have a super big announcement coming. Yeah, so on November 1st, we have a super special announcement that is coming down the pipeline. I don't want to spoil anything, but make sure to follow us. So whether that is on Instagram or on our newsletter or through this podcast, if you are excited by community, if you are excited about creative authenticity, about radical inclusivity, about being able to share your creative experience with other people and feel supported in the process, make sure to give us a follow. Secondly, I have a DIY course coming up. Play Practice is a course that's going to be led next week. It is a digital, go at your own pace, super affordable and accessible course where we get to just inject a little bit of a playful mindset into your day-to-day life. So if you're someone that's just been feeling like kind of low energy, you need a little bit of zest in your life, this could be a great way of finding new ways to move through your day-to-day. It is all about integrating play as a practice, as a practice of mindfulness and joy into your everyday life. So you can sign up for that through the Rec Center website or through my website, going to www.reccenter.space or www.alexarnipol.com. All right, chickadees, enough of that. Enough announcements. Let's get this show on the road. Let's get this party started. (sighs) So today, I have been thinking a lot about rec center and why people come to it in the first place. For those who aren't familiar, rec center is a radically inclusive online space for creative play. We host classes, workshops, we have coaching, including myself and other coaches, but it's a place for you to really discover who you are as a creative and how does that inner creative work contribute to the outer world. One of the most common things that I hear when people come to Rec Center is that they are super creative or they consider themselves a creative or they've always had some sort of creative tendency or maybe you're a creative and you are in another job, a full-time job, and it just feels like shit. (laughs) But you're coming to this space 
to discover who you are. It's almost like you're trying to locate yourself on a map. Where am I in this scheme? In the world of creativity, how do I exist in this space here? And sometimes, both in coaching and in the sphere of rec center, one of the things I hear a lot is, how do I know what my thing is? How do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? Who am I? What am I supposed to be? What is my purpose? It doesn't matter the question. They all amount to the same thing. Where am I located? I mean, who hasn't asked themselves this question before? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? Let's be real. I still ask myself that question every single day. I feel like I wake up in the morning and I say, what do I want to be when I grow up? We still ask ourselves these questions. But as an adult, they hold so much more weight. Because growing up is suddenly now, and tomorrow, and the next day. I actually think this is one of the many reasons we avoid play later in life, because we're worried that if we are busy playing, we're going to miss out on the opportunity to become this person that we were always meant to be. It's like they're a stranger on the side of the road, and as we move forward, we are looking for them but we don't realize they're actually in our passenger seat the whole time. We're looking outside of ourselves, outside of our own vehicle, for someone that's been there the whole time. And I think play is actually the method to get yourself there. But let's slow down a little bit. Let's take it back for a second. Okay, I have a secret for you. Don't tell. You want to hear it? Okay. There is no such thing as one purpose, one life plan, one path, one thing. It doesn't exist. I know. I know. Surprising. Because a lot of times we're taught that isn't that the purpose of everything we've been doing up until this point? What was school for? What was college for? What was career prep? What was that internship I did when I was 21 and I felt like shit doing it and I didn't get paid anything because I was told that one day it would amount to something and what is that something going to be? So when you hear the secret that there is no one path, no one thing, you feel tricked. I think a lot of us that are millennials and maybe some old Gen Zers, young Gen Xers, feel tricked in this life. We feel like we've had the wool pulled over our eyes. We were told that if we worked hard enough, did the thing, followed the path, it would pay off. No one could have predicted what was about to happen. Economic recession. Economic depression. Terrible presidencies. A global pandemic. A shortage of jobs. We didn't know this was going to happen. Where was everything that we were promised? The job, the security, the pension. I was told if I did the thing that I would get the payout, so where the hell is it? Let's be honest. A lot of us are angry. 
It feels wrong to play when it feels like everything is falling apart and we can barely hold on to what we still have. But even before this, there still was no one path. The only thing we have is who we are right now and who we are the next day and the next day and the following. It gives the illusion of a career, of a path, of continuity. And sometimes, yes, it does build on itself, but it doesn't always. There is no such thing as your thing. Now, on the flip side, you are so special. You have so many talents and gifts and gems that no one else in the world has. Guess what? Literally no one else on earth has your combination of DNA and life story. That's pretty fucking cool, don't you think? That means you have something special to share with the world that literally no one else in the world can share in your way the way that you would do it or tell it. So, in the spirit of non-binary thinking, knowing that it's not either or but yes and, we can hold two ideas true simultaneously. So the idea that you have something really unique and special that is just yours to give to the world and to give to yourself. And there is no one thing that you have to be doing or saying or following or trying to be. Perhaps you find this deeply frustrating. For me, I find it wildly liberating, meaning that I have something that I can give the world, but I don't have the pressure to have to follow through with the exact same thing every day. And I have space to change and evolve. Let's bring things back to nature. Because for me, everything is rooted in natural cycles. Nothing natural on this earth, in which we are very much a part of the natural cycles and natural being, because we in and of ourselves are wild natural creatures, nothing is stagnant. Nothing stays the same. We change and we evolve. One of my favorite examples of this is thinking about the matter that makes up a tree. When we think about a tree, we typically see it as, ah, yes, there's a tree. It is made out of tree material. Trees are made of trees. Right? Yeah. But the cool thing about trees is that there is a mycenium network under trees, mushrooms, basically tiny little mushrooms, that carry in nutrients to the tree. Often this material is organic decaying matter. So... In certain parts of the country, in the world, bears eat a lot of fish. Now, you're probably sitting here thinking, where the hell are you going with this, Alex? She is really on one today. Just stay with me. I promise it'll all make sense. In certain areas of our world and sphere, bears eat fish. Bears eat salmon. Imagine a bear goes to a stream. 
gets a nice juicy salmon. So delicious. So great. Eats what he needs and leaves the rest. Maybe there's a little skin. Maybe there's some bones. He doesn't eat the whole thing. Fine. Bears don't experience body shame, so they just eat until they're full, feel good, and leave the rest. So we got some salmon sitting on the bank of the river. It begins to decay. The mycenium network under the soil or inside of the soil picks up on this decaying matter and says, ah, yes, nutrients. Ah, yes, nitrogen. Let's bring this to our friends, the trees. Perhaps it is not in such friendly terms or discussed in this way, but yeah, they carry the nutrients. They grab this salmon material, bring it through the mycenium network, and bring it up to the tree. Tree takes up this material, yum yum, wonderful, nitrogen, nutrients, bring it to me. Years later, some dumbass comes around and cuts down this tree. Why? I don't know, just cuts down the tree. Not a great idea, should have left it living. But they cut down the tree and they start to study the rings. Perhaps in the name of science. Sometimes things in the name of science, I I can get behind that. So we're looking at these rings from a scientific perspective and studying the makeup of each of the rings. The rings give us a clear timeline of the tree's growth and evolution. At certain periods of time, we find that depending on the salmon population, the bears, how much they were eating, we find that the majority of the organic makeup of some of the rings are made up of salmon. So it's almost like for a brief period of time, that tree was primarily salmon. So what the hell does this have to do with you? We are regenerating and growing every single day. If we simply look at things from a natural perspective, our cells are regenerating. We essentially, for all intents and purposes have a new body approximately every seven years. And nothing ever stays the same. Everything changes. We are an accumulation of parts and experiences and wants and desires just the same way that the tree was once briefly made up of its environment, of its interactions, of its nutrients, as are you. You change. We change every single day. Now, what does this have to do with your path in life, your purpose, your thing? Well, I'll tell you. We often present an illusion of a career or a path, but we are simply a series of days strung together loosely by a theme or an idea And we get to decide what that theme or idea is. There is such tremendous pressure put on every single individual on earth to figure out what are you going to be? What are you going to be tomorrow and the next day and the next year and the next decade? And what are you doing with your life? Even the phrase that I used earlier, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. How much more up? 10 years up? Tomorrow up? All we can do is decide who we are today, what makes us feel fulfilled today, what helps us contribute to the world today. 
and then ask ourselves the same series of questions tomorrow. This pattern repeats. We ask ourselves today, what makes me feel good? What makes me feel alive? What gives me meaning and hope? What makes me feel zesty or that I contribute to the world? And you define it for today. Then tomorrow, you repeat. And the next day, you repeat. Eventually, a pattern begins to emerge. There may be slight shifts and evolutions within this pattern, but the most important thing is to locate where you are right now. So how do we do that? How do we bridge together the concept that we're not the same thing every day alongside the concept that I have something really special to give the world that only I can give. That the combination of my gifts, my talents, my life experiences mean that there is something that only I am capable of doing. Well, this is where play comes in. Okay, so as I mentioned in the last episode, In my definition, and many have different and unique definitions of play, I think that is the beautiful thing about play, is that one can't necessarily measure it nor name it because it's unique for each individual. But in a general sense, play is the intersection of mindfulness or awareness, whatever you want to call it, being in the present moment with joy or pleasure or a sense of ease. When we play, we are in essence improvising. Regardless of what play looks like for you, it is hard or perhaps impossible to plan play. You can plan the parameters. Perhaps you plan the rules in which you play within, but you don't plan the actual play. Play asks you to respond in the moment, to ask questions, to perhaps be inspired by everything that you interact with. It's asking, why does it have to be done this way? How can I change this? Is there another way? Is there a way that feels better for me? So bringing a playful mindset, an improvisational mindset to the idea of where am I right now? Where am I at today and what do I bring to myself into the world that's of meaning and of value? This means being both in the present moment and seeking joy or well-being in the moment. It's going back to the idea that there is no one thing, there's only this moment and how we respond and I have something beautiful and joyful to give the world that creates a sense of well-being for myself and for others. And how do you implement this joyful mindset, this playful way of looking at your life and figuring out where am I, who am I, and what do I want to be doing? You start with questions. I think the key to play is curiosity and wonder. We look at kids and they have so many questions. Why 
does Saturn have rings? How do they stay on them? Why do I have to go to school? Why do I have to wear this shirt? Why does Aunt Millie wear pink lipstick and kiss me every time she sees me? Why, why, why? How, how, how? It's no coincidence that we stop asking these questions around the same time we stop playing. So let's bring ourselves back to a place of wonder, a place of curiosity, of curiosity with the self, curiosity with the world. Let's ask some big questions. So here's more of the coaching portion of the program. Feel free to grab a notebook at this time. We'll give you a little time to grab it. In fact, here's some music while you get your utensil and perhaps a journal or piece of paper. Consider the following questions. What helps me cultivate a sense of well-being, joy, ease, or calm? Basically, what makes me feel good? When do I feel in flow? When do I feel engaged and connected to the work that I'm doing? When do I feel connected to community? What feels meaningful to me? What does achievement mean to me? What would accomplishment look like for me? What makes me feel hopeful? What am I grateful for that I already have? What actions am I taking today that feel meaningful for myself? What actions can I take today that would feel meaningful for humanity? What is important to me today? What did or does my inner child or past self love to do? What was I obsessed with as a child? What am I obsessed with today? What makes me feel zesty or full of life? What kind of problems do I like to solve? What am I curious about exploring? What new skill would I love to explore or master? When do I feel compassionate? What helps me feel compassionate towards myself? When do I feel loyal? When do I feel connected to a larger whole? What do I like so much and get so wrapped up in that I might forget to eat or use the bathroom? Bonus on this one. Consider what the cognitive action is that's being taken. For instance, if you're really into playing video games, maybe the cognitive action in there is achieving new goals or levels, being able to level up, or get to higher ground. If you're really into watching movies all day, maybe it's about the creative narrative and getting to share in storytelling. What do you love so much that you are willing to embarrass yourself for in the process? And finally, what would make your inner child or past self proud? Okay, I knew I really breezed through those questions. But what I would encourage you to do is go back and pause after each question. Write down some thoughts. Free write. What comes to mind? And 
Are there certain questions that resonate with you more than others? And if so, why might that be? When you get through that list of questions, come back and ask yourself, so where does this locate me today? Who am I today? Based on these questions, what fires me up and brings me joy? What do I want to be doing with my time that gives a sense of purpose or meaning? Come back to these questions if you can daily. Locate where you are today. And then locate where you are tomorrow. And then the next day. And then the next day. Does a pattern emerge? Is there one thing that stands out to you that you feel like you should be doing that's so clear from this? Maybe it's I have to go become a biologist. I love science. This is what I should be doing. Or maybe a pattern emerges that you are interdisciplinary, that today you love painting, but tomorrow you love photography, and that is okay too. There is no right answer here. The point is we are all frogs swimming in a pond with hundreds of lily pads everywhere. If each lily pad is where we are at for any given day in terms of our loves, passions, we can stay on that lily pad for as long as we'd like. Or we can hop to another the next day. There are a lot of lily pads in this pond. And guess what? The idea of the straight and narrow career trajectory, starting as a child with stardom, the overnight success, the Mark Zuckerbergs, they are a myth. Let's look at some folks that were something else before what we knew them as today. For instance, did you know that Toni Morrison worked as an editor long before she published her first book? At age 39, And Vera Wang was a figure skater and then a journalist. And then finally, she began designing at age 40. Here's one of my favorites. Christopher Walken was a lion tamer. (laughs) When I learned that detail, I about pooped my pants. That is just the most delightful thing I've ever heard. Fred Armisen was a drummer. We know him as an actor, but he thought his career for a long time was going to be in music. Bob Ross was in the Air Force. He didn't begin painting or teaching painting until age 41. Margot Robbie, Subway sandwiches, worked at Subway. Hugh Jackman was a phys ed teacher. Julia Child worked for National Security. She didn't even publish her book until age 51. Ken Jeong, he was a physician. That's why we see him as a doctor in Knocked Up. He was actually a doctor. Martha Stewart it seems like has always been on the scene as the head of homes and gardens and cooking. And it's not true. She worked on Wall Street. And then she ran a catering business. She didn't publish her first book until age 41. And Laura Ingalls Wilder? Pretty famous, right? She did not publish her first book until age 65. So, dear one, if you are thinking... It's too late for me. I should have this all figured out. I should know what I'm supposed to be doing tomorrow and the next day and the next year and the next decade. You don't. Because this is just your lily pad for today. Let's explore it. 
Let's see what it's like and what it feels like for you. And if you want to hop onto another lily pad tomorrow, be my guest. Then explore that one and see how that feels for you. The most important thing is to always have a sense of curiosity and wonder. To ask yourself the big questions. To be playful. To bring in an improvisational mindset that each day is new and each thing that's presented before you is a new opportunity. That we are multitudinous. That we contain so much. That we are a spectrum and we're non-binary. We exist outside of these boxes. And when we bring in play, we begin to realize that the person that we're trying to become is actually already with us right now. We just need to stop and see them. To have compassion. To say, welcome. I want to play with you. I want to learn more about you. Won't you tell me what you want? Won't you tell me what you want to do today? And tomorrow. And the next day. Well, friends, that's our episode for today. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, to follow us, to join our newsletter, to like us on wherever you are liking your podcast right now. Favorite us and follow us. Because the more people that we can connect with, the more play we can bring into this world. This has been Plays Well with Others, and I'm your host, Alex Brennan Arnapol. Until next time, be present, feel good, and play every day. Today's show has been brought to you with the support of Softer Sounds Studio. Plays Well with Others is a product of Rec Center the Radically Inclusive Center for Creative Play.